TLDR, if you're short on time, I want to hear how Lenore Anderson is advocating for smart justice policy reform and creating safer communities to break the cycle of victim trauma. Then here are seven minutes of her key sound bites. Now, if you do have time, you're on a run, a cycle, a drive, then do check out the full episode. The time has really come for the changes that Lenore is fighting and advocating for. And if you're enjoying the show, please like us or follow us on your favourite podcast player and subscribe on YouTube as it helps us grow the audience. Now, over to Lenore. When we do nothing in response to someone being hurt, if people remain unsafe and experience trauma and don't get help to heal from trauma, their life trajectories change. It should come as no surprise that potentially committing a crime in the future may be an option. We can do so much to help people, however, because just as hurt people hurt people, the, the other saying that we have is healed people heal people. One of the most sinister aspects of, of American criminal justice is people who have experienced trauma who then later commit a crime are placed inside facilities that are literally designed to cut people off from humanity. These are places that are designed to exacerbate trauma. That's our current response, whether it's the solitary confinement or the the crowded prisons with daily fighting and suppression from guards. I mean, these are not environments that are in any way conducive to what we would need to do to improve public safety, which is heal trauma, address underlying drivers, provide people pathways to engage in behavior change. And that's not going to come from the kind of toxic culture um, that is built up in too many American prisons. We have a criminal justice system that discriminates against victims frequently. And this discrimination can take the form of which victims get access to victim compensation or victim assistance in the aftermath of being hurt, to which uh, cases are investigated most thoroughly, to which victim experiences make the nightly news and drive politicians to introduce laws and, and try and reallocate money towards something. When it comes to being a victim in the United States, when we have a justice system that has been as racially biased as ours has, we have to confront the truth that there is a massive trust gap. Many communities, particularly communities of color, have not been able to rely on the justice system to deliver protection or to deliver safety. For many people, it is actually more dangerous to interact with the justice system than it is to stay away from it. You know, we have not had a justice system that has been very good at protecting people and allowing people to be assured that there won't be any retaliation. Uh, we have not had a justice system that has been very good at protecting survivors of things like domestic violence and human trafficking. We work with survivors of crime across the country. That's who our membership is. It's regular for us to hear from our membership, oh, the police officers never called me back. The investigator won't tell me what happened in the case. I applied for victim compensation, but they said uh, my application was denied because I didn't have a permanent home address. This is what is happening with alarming frequency. And this matters a lot. When people have been hurt by violence and we do not provide them with help, we are setting them up to be even more vulnerable than they were before they were hurt. 
the long-term impacts of violence are substantial. You go into debt, right? Victimization debt. You know, we have so many wonderful people in our organization whose loved ones have been killed by violence. They took on enormous financial burdens when that person died. If you can't get help recovering from that debt, that has lifelong impacts. People who've been injured by gun violence or domestic violence who can no longer work in their job because of physical injury, not getting a pathway to a new approach to earn income, not to mention the impacts of trauma, um, which are well known in terms of PTSD, sleeplessness, depression. These are all resolvable issues. And if we cared about public safety, you'd think it'd be the top thing we'd be doing. Rather than building up the justice system, which has been ineffective for far too long, let's equip communities with the capacity to prevent cycles of violence. And this is what you can invest in to equip communities to to thrive. Um, violence intervention programs. These are community-based conflict mediation, um, youth mentorship type of programs where residents uh, support young people who may be getting in trouble to to turn their lives around and, and get to safety. Another example, trauma recovery centers, community-based programs that can provide victims who uh, have been overlooked by the traditional justice system with not just therapeutic support, but also emergency crisis response. There's mental health crisis assistance. Um, you know, we've seen a lot more attention to that in the news, you know, the, as opposed to relying on the justice system to respond to people in psychiatric crisis. Let's uh, instead uh, provide mental health crisis responders who can support people experiencing mental illness. And then you have reentry. The programs for reentry that are building up across the country are just remarkable doing work helping people find jobs and housing after incarceration or after time in the justice system. That's the new safety movement that I just described, right? That's where we're seeing so much more energy and so much more growth. And it's just really exciting to see it. Do we see communities affected by violence as partners in resolving it or as problems to be surveilled? And we either give communities dignity and support natural leadership and empower people who can solve these problems, or we end up building up a massive justice system that's better at surveilling than it is stopping cycles. And so the first thing that I describe as needed in my book for a new approach to public safety is uh, transforming what we conceive of when we talk about victims' rights. For a long time, the traditional way of looking at victims' rights is a right to speak in court proceedings and, and things that are, are valuable, but are woefully inadequate. You know, one of the things I lift up is this idea of a right to trauma recovery, um, that we should prioritize ensuring that when people are hurt by violence, that they get access to real support to recover from that trauma. That looks like trauma recovery centers. That looks like school and housing and, and employment accommodations. And that is possible if we prioritize recovering from trauma. The second proposal that I make is uh, really related to recognizing that we don't know very much about who victims are and what victims want. You know, most of the time, conversations around criminal justice and crime revolve around crime statistics. Crime statistics are a very limited snapshot 
of only what is reported to police. Most crime and violence is not reported to police. And, and so looking just at what comes into law enforcement on a day or a year isn't going to tell you very much. But there's a need to take seriously this idea of human-centered information, information related to victimization and information related to what people who aren't experiencing safety in their homes or communities are going through and what their needs are. And then the third thing I talk about is, is it is so much more cost effective to invest in community-based um, violence intervention workers, community-based trauma recovery center workers, mental health crisis assistance responders, and reentry case managers. That's the forefront of the new mm. uh, safety leadership. That's who we should be investing in at the community level. And I offer some estimates of, of what all that would look like financially. But the headline is it'd be much cheaper than the $300 billion we spend uh, per year on our current cr- criminal justice system. Okay, that's all for now, folks. Now, here's my ask of you. Please follow this podcast on Apple or Spotify or whatever player you use. Also, please subscribe to our new Random Collisions newsletter. We really are working to build a global community of action takers, action engines of people that really care about the problems that need solving. Thank you very much, and see you next time.